0: Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Here and Now Motherhood is a nonprofit designed to support moms in their transition to motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Hunt. This is our second episode in our series about matrescence, or the transition of becoming a mother. And we're going to dive into identity today because one of the things that changes when we become mothers is our identity a way we can understand ourselves and our new identity is by viewing ourselves through archetypes um an archetype is a kind is kind of like a character with certain traits and habits that we see pop up over and over again it's kind of like the princess prince charming or the evil stepmother And um, so we just finished a six-week course about archetypes with the divine feminine specifically, Um, and our instructors and our our instructor and our students had some really awesome insights as to how understanding archetypes can help us grow. So I'm gonna play you a clip from our last class, and I feel like I. I live a more fulfilled life when I figure out which of those archetypes I'm not drawing on. So I just, I just love that idea of figuring out what part of yourself is a little bit missing and, and looking at those different archetypes to figure out what maybe you need to look at. The essential part is what you were saying, Diane, is that we, we can hold all of these at the same time together. And we may need to express them differently or more so at different times um and we might be lacking in one area and so we feel out of balance a little bit so to get us started we're going to talk about a certain archetype today and some of the roles that she plays so specifically we're going to talk about a kind of mother archetype and there are a few of them out there from the fairy godmother to the evil stepmother the best way to understand an archetype though is for me to tell her story um And i'm not the first one to use a story to explain an archetype we see archetypes pop up in stories for thousands of years it's been happening it's kind of like we as people have a hard time communicating deep concepts and ideas but we understand it when we tell a story about it so today i'm going to tell you a story and this is a story you've heard over and over again it's the same story as the movie taken with liam neeson it's the story of elizabeth smart And it's even in the Bible. It's the story of Jacob's daughter, Dinah. And as you know, these are intense stories. Uh, Don't worry. This is an episode for the whole family can listen to. We're not going to get graphic and it's not going to cause nightmares or anything like that for your mini-me's that are listening along with you. Um, So this is the story of the mother, though. Um, We've heard this story before, but it's usually from the eyes of someone else. Like in Taken, it's through the dad's eyes. And as we explore archetypes over the next few episodes, uh, we're gonna ta- talk about different kinds of mothers. So we have a zillion different kinds of archetypes inside us, kind of like um, one of our students mentioned um, from that recording I played. And um, they come out to play at different times and in different situations throughout the day. So as we discuss this kind of mother today, think about times you've been her and times you haven't so the version of this story that i'm going to tell you today is from ancient greece and it has its own little twist so this is the story of persephone and demeter before we get started we're going to take a quick break welcome back so back to our story once upon a time there was a woman named demeter she had golden hair the color of shimmering wheat and she wore a flowing blue robe. One day, Demeter's daughter Persephone was picking flowers in a field. All of a sudden, the earth opened up, and out came Hades, the king of the underworld. He saw how beautiful Persephone was, and he snatched her up on his golden chariot pulled by black horses. With Persephone in tow, Hades dove back down into the earth, and the crack in the ground closed back up, leaving no trace of what had happened. Demeter heard an echo of Persephone's plea for help and came rushing to the field to help. When she arrived, there was no evidence of Persephone, Hades, or the abduction. Demeter searched and searched for nine days, looking frantically for her daughter. So the frantic search here is one that us mothers know all too well. This is that mama bear that we see emerge when our baby is in danger, no matter the baby's age. When I was in high school, my family went on a, our annual river rafting trip. So every summer, my dad would captain a boat for us, and we'd go river rafting on the Deschutes River in Oregon. And one of my favorite parts of river rafting was the water fights. So we'd bring water cannons and buckets just to initiate water fights with other people on the river so if you were really brave though you would jump onto a neighboring boat and push everyone off even if you knew them or not and of course we wouldn't do this near the rapids um it was pretty fun to pretend to be pirates and board someone's rubber boat and shove them all off and triumph um so one summer As we're on our annual river rafting trip, we started throwing buckets of water at a neighboring boat that we didn't know. And my little brother ran and jumped off our boat with the intention of boarding their boat to get them all soaking wet. Um, And maybe you can see where this is going. So just as my brother's feet left the boat, the currents moved our rafts. And instead of him landing on their orange raft, he fell into the water and their boat went over the top of him. So this is a big deal and it's terrifying because you can't see under that water and um, the boat is moving in the current and it's hard to find the edge of the boat to get back out. So my mom automatically went into this mama bear mode and jumped into the water and her intention was to tip the boat over to rescue her son. And I think that's something all of us would have instinctively done. And of course, don't worry, like my brother popped out the other side of the boat and everything was okay. Um, But this mama bear moment, that instant drive to make sure your baby's okay is normal. And I think it's frankly kind of like kind of cool part of motherhood. Um, And this is what Demeter was experiencing here, that like frantic mama bear, I must save my baby moment. So as Demeter was in this mama bear mode looking for her daughter, the 10th day of her search brought a sliver of light. So at dawn on the 10th day, Hecate arrived. She had a lantern in her hand and she suggested that Demeter asked the god of the sun what had happened. So together they went to go speak to the god of the sun and he told them that he'd seen Hades snatch up Persephone. Um, but he told Demeter like to not to worry about it. And he, he said, after all, Hades would not be an unworthy son-in-law. And the, while they're there, the God of the sun also reveals that Zeus, who's actually Demeter's partner and Persephone's dad, thinks the abduction is fine. He doesn't see a problem with Hades snatching Persephone. So Demeter is of course devastated she dresses in rags and wanders the cities and the countryside. And in her grief, she refuses to function. As a result, nothing could grow and famine threatened everyone on the earth. In her despair, the world was at the brink of total destruction. Demeter's discouragement echoes throughout the entire planet as um, and has totally far-reaching effects. So... Now that we've seen Demeter in action a little bit, let's zoom out a little bit and get a feel for her personality. So remember, we're looking at Demeter as an archetype so we can understand ourselves better. In Greek mythology, Demeter was a goddess in charge of the harvest. So in her despair, she withdrew her generous power and all the plants withered, meaning there was no harvest anymore. As mothers... We can see this same thing play out in our own lives when we get passive-aggressive. Instead of waging a violent war, Demeter is withdrawing her generosity and nurturing. So throughout this whole story, Demeter's focus has been on her daughter. Her partner Zeus doesn't even make an entrance until halfway into the story, and we haven't even met him, it's just someone mentioned him. And even then, Demeter is still focused on her baby, Persephone, who's like a young girl at this age. She's not a baby, but we all know that no matter how old your baby is, they're still your baby. So for women who resonate with the Demeter archetype, their focus is going to be on their child rather than their marriage. And sometimes a marriage or partnership is seen as a means to an end to have children. Um, In that same uh, vein, breastfeeding and physically having your own baby is a very important is really important to a woman who takes after Demeter. So Demeter is distraught and in despair. And at this point in her story, she's pretty similar to the ugly duckling. So if you remember the ugly duckling, she didn't fit in with her family and was ultimately rejected because she didn't look or act like them. And when winter rolled around, she didn't go south um, with her family and she stayed in a cold pond. When temperatures finally dropped enough, the pond freezes over and the ugly duckling is still perched in the water. She's alone, helpless, literally orphaned, and the duckling cries and watch- she watches two mallards fly by. Those mallards look down at her and they say, you're so ugly, it's good you're left alone to die, things like that, and they fly away. And the orphaned, the, the orphaned duckling wishes she would just die and she loses all will to live. So at this point, Demeter and the ugly duckling are acting like orphans. So the orphan is another archetype that Demeter tends to play out. So while in this state, the ugly duckling and Demeter... Um, They see the way things should be, and then they look at their own reality in front of them and it's not the same thing. So they feel helpless and like victims. It's as if the world is literally against them, that they are powerless, that their problems are someone else's fault and responsibility, and they've been rejected. So in this state, they tend to have poor boundaries as well. I mean, stopping the harvest for everyone on the earth, like that's a little extreme. So a lack of boundaries plays out in our lives as mothers when we're in this state and we say yes to too many things. And that's going to lead to burnout, feeling resentful and feeling like a martyr as mothers, we can see our own orphan come out. Sometimes it's almost like the world is not built for us. And that in a way it's out to get us as mothers, if we end the story here, Um, and stay in this passive, isolated, distraught place, we very well may wind up depressed or burned out. And as a mom, if you feel like your life isn't what it should be, and you keep pushing forward in that state of despair, it's most likely going to lead to burnout. So this is the part of motherhood where I get the side eyes at the restaurant for my toddler acting, well, like a toddler, (laughs) And I feel down about it because it feels like a system is built against me. And this is the part of motherhood where we cry in the shower because it feels like all our friends have forgotten about us. And this is the part of motherhood where I bring my baby to a work meeting and he starts crying, but I'm too nervous nervous to nurse in front of everyone there because I don't really, I'm new to nursing. And I don't really want to flash my boob at my boss and coworkers. And then my coworker watching my baby cry says to my baby, your mom needs to feed you and then gives me a pretend smile. So this is the part of motherhood where your friends without kids invite you to go to yoga 20 minutes before class starts and you have two babies hanging off of you and no babysitter in sight and you feel like no one actually sees you. So it can be tempting to think that the orphan archetype is this horrible place to be, um, that we can villainize it. But the thing is that It has the power to drive us deeper and to propel us if we allow that to happen. And this is the part of motherhood where we find out for ourselves what we're made of. Will we let that discouragement flavor our world? Or will we allow it to drive us deeper within ourselves so we can grow and change? Yeah, the world is messed up, but what do we have? But what are we going to do? And are we going to allow ourselves to keep developing past that point of despair? So instead of pushing forward day after day, miserable, will we allow that despair to drive us deeper within ourselves into the underworld? It's not bad to be in that orphan state. We just don't want to stay there too long. And instead it needs to drive us to go deeper and transform. So just like us, Demeter's despair wasn't enough. Demeter needed to go deeper. And once again, Hecate appeared. So it was time to descend into the underworld. She saw Demeter's anguish and Hecate pulled out her lantern once again. Hecate took Demeter by the hand and together they took one step at a time, walking into the caverns of the underworld. Hecate grasped her lantern in one hand and on the other side, Demeter walked beside her. The lantern lighting their path in front of them, just a few feet at a time. And not only did Hecate illuminate Demeter's descent into the underworld, but she was her witness. And finally, it was time to rescue Persephone. So I was scrolling through Instagram recently and saw footage someone had filmed from Portland. Um, protests for Black Lives Matter in Portland have got have made national headlines recently, and federal troops have entered the city, are enforcing um, their objectives. So in Portland, mothers have started shielding protesters by linking arms and standing between troops and protesters. They wear yellow shirts, and they act as human shields to stop rubber bullets from reaching protesters. And when I was watching this like video of all of these moms, I was like, this is what a mother is. As mothers, we can stay in despair if we want, where we feel helpless and it can lead to depression. And of course, I'm not saying depression is your fault. Um, so please don't think that. Um, so, Or we can dig deeper and allow that despair to motivate and thus tr- uh, motivate us towards transformation. We can allow that despair to drive us deeper into a transformational space where we grow and learn and become better so the mothers in portland are doing something um some transformation on their own here so the reason i say that is a lot of those moms i mean portland's a pretty white city in the first place so a lot of those moms are white and the thing is that like chances are most of them were not involved in black lives matter a few years ago so they are in a state of active transformation, of changing themselves, because they had to face their own, um, frankly, their own racism in order to even get to this point to be involved in Black Lives Matter. And so what's interesting is what we're seeing in Portland is that the world is better because a mother decided to transform and grow. And just like the mothers in Portland are locking arms and deeply changing themselves, Demeter did the same as she descended into the underworld. Um, with Hecate. So something that's interesting here is that the Demeter, that Demeter and the Portland moms are not alone. So when we become mothers in a way, we become like newborns ourselves as mothers. Um, we have the need to be mothered. Every new mom craves that we need a guide as we enter this new world of motherhood and we also need a witness, someone who is willing to walk with us as we explore the caverns of the underworld and become a better version of ourselves and a new version. It's it's when my mom was there with me when my milk came in after my son was born and it hurt because I was engorged. And she did she gave me some tips on how to help that. And she was also just there with me. She's like, yeah, it hurts, I know. Like she was there and was my witness to it. And that journey is not easy, and it's often not enjoyable, and we need someone who has been there before and knows that path well. So our culture has squeezed the tradition, this tradition of having somebody walk alongside with you who is your, who is just there for you and who has been there before, they've squeezed that tradition into a two-hour baby shower instead of making knowledge and guidance readily available to mothers throughout the mother Uh, the matrescence process so what do we do as a mother in order to truly transform into the most authentic radiant version of ourselves we need a mentor and during labor that's going to be a labor doula after birth that could be a number of people um, and one of them could be a postpartum doula so as we're staying on this like greek theme doula in Greek actually means woman's servant. So Hecate was like a doula to Demeter in that she walked hand in hand through that transformation with Demeter and lit the way for her. Dana Raphael, the anthropologist that coined the term matrescence in the first place was a huge proponent of doulas for this reason that mothers need to be mothered and they need to be cared for and they need someone there with them on this intense journey that knows what they're talking about and has been there before and when mothers are not mothered they can turn into hyper moms attempting to be super moms where they try to get they try to do everything for everyone and be everything they have little to no boundaries partially because they haven't gone through that transformation yet Um, what i'm saying is being mothered as a mother is not something that we can skip It's really important and we need to make sure that happens. And a lot of times we need to take that initiative to make sure it happens in our own life. So after traveling through the underworld by the light of the lantern, Hecate and Demeter finally reach Hades. He was seated on a couch with a depressed Persephone. And overjoyed, Demeter ran with open arms, wraps her arms around her daughter in relief and joy And Demeter immediately asks if Persephone had eaten anything while she was there, knowing that if she had not, Persephone would be totally restored to her. Oops. While in the underworld, Persephone had eaten pomegranate seeds that Hades had given her. Because of those pomegranate seeds, Persephone now spends half of the year in the underworld with Hades. And after their joyous reunion, Demeter restored fertility to to the earth and all was right again. When Persephone returns from the underworld each year, she brings spring and summer with her. This story it is a decision to stay an orphan or to transform and become something different. It's the same story of Wendy with Peter Pan. So will, will Wendy stay with an orphaned Peter Pan and literally be an orphan mother, both herself being an orphan and mothering orphans, or withdrawing to where she withdraws to neverland to be a child forever or will she allow her time in neverland to teach her that she in fact wants to grow and transform both wendy and demeter are this orphan mother where they themselves are an orphan that decide if they want to stay that way or not and sometimes we need to we need or want to linger in neverland like wendy and sometimes it's time to go down to the underworld and transform. Now that we've listened to Demeter's whole story, let's zoom out a little bit and see how this may play out in our own lives. So Demeter women like to have their kids in sight and they like watching over them. And there are pros and cons to each archetype and Demeter's no exception to that. So the benefits of being close to her children is that Demeter has a strong connection to them. The downside is that she may be hovering or smothering. Demeter also may be insecure with that orphan coming out and she also um, has incredible potential for reflection and transformation. As a mother she greatly benefits from having a guide with her. In addition These Demeter women may suffer from empty-nester depression. So Jean Shinoda Bolin, MD, she wrote a book called Goddess in Every Woman, and I highly recommend it. If you liked this episode, I'll put a link in the bio. Um, She says that the solution to this kind of empty-nester depression is to learn to say no, to learn to express anger instead of bottling it up, to learn to let go, let grow, and let go of people and projects, and to develop other archetypes, so we have additional interests beyond mothering. And I think these tips are useful for moms with young children as well. As a um, as a Demeter woman, we're focused on our children, and uh, for me, that meant um, so I was raised to be a Demeter woman. And for me, that meant being a stay at home mom. That was like what I was raised um, to value. Um, And then once I stepped into this role, I, at a certain point I decided it was the right move for me to put my son in daycare. And that raised a ton of turmoil inside me for other mothers who are raised to be something other than a Demeter woman, but step into that Demeter role. They may also find themselves defending the role of mother to others. And I know mothers who feel deeply hurt when someone tells them they shouldn't be a stay-at-home mom, but they work instead, but they should work instead. When in their heart, their desire is to be that Demeter archetype and to step into that role of being a stay-at-home mom. So um, when I was raised to be a Demeter, one thing I didn't know was the tendency for burnout or depression in, in this Demeter archetype. It's pretty common for her. And so that's something really useful to know about a mother that is very child focused um, in her intentions, um, that it's pretty common to experience burnout or or depression. And of course, it's healthy, you know, to focus on your children. I think that's good. They need that because they can't provide for themselves. Um, It's just something really useful to know about the tendency of Demeter. And to all the mothers who resonate with the Demeter archetype, my advice to you is to point your mothering at yourself. So we naturally want to point that at our children, but we can also see the burnout that comes when we do that 100% of the time. So instead, we want to take ourselves by the hand like Hecate and ask ourselves, do I have the capacity for this? Does it feel good for me to take on this task? Is this the right time for me to do that? And treat yourself with kindness and nurturing, just as you would your own child. So there may be times of the day where you see the Demeter archetype play at play in yourself, and there may be times when you see other kinds of archetypes functioning. So we're going to keep discussing archetypes to help you better look at yourself and understand yourself, the parts of you um, that parts of you that are still there, and that new part of you that has emerged after becoming a mother. So join us next time. And we're going to keep discussing identity shift through matrescence as we explore archetypes. Until next time, this has been the Here and Now Motherhood podcast.